As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The Sifpop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. If we try hard enough, we're pretty sure we can squeeze in just one more Krispy Kreme reference. It's Sifpop. I, I had Krispy Kreme the other day, actually. <laughs> My wife and I went to the drive-thru and got some Krispy Kreme. It was pretty Amazing. good. Amazing. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Uh. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. I'm joined by Andrew Ormsby from Flick Fricks. Ahoy! Every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else in the pop culture universe is on our minds. And joining us as our guru today, it's Phil Souza from the Horrible Movie Podcast. Hey, everyone. A brand new guest guru. Yeah. Welcome. And, and, and long time, not super long time listener. I've been listening to you guys for about three or four months, but yeah. No, I'm actually a fan of the show too. So, Well, we are absolutely yeah. thrilled to have you on. We've had Jack on before yep. from the Horrible Movie Podcast. Um, and just tell us a little bit about the podcast right now, and then you can you know pump specifics later. But you know, what's it about? So we do a weekly review show on movies, kind of like you, what you guys do. Uh, the main difference, there's two main differences. One is that it's not recent movies for the most part. We're doing um, you know going through the annals of of movie history mm-hmm. and looking for the worst movies that have ever been done. And so that's that's one difference. And then um, the uh, the other difference is we exclusively do obviously horrible movies, and so it's got to be a movie that was released in theaters so we're not going to do a movie that was you know straight to video or straight to t- tv or something like that that's that's the low-hanging fruit if right you would. Yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah no we're trying to uh find movies that were so bad and yet still somehow made it to theater audiences right and yeah yeah probably had a, um, a horrible return on inv- investment and all that kind of stuff so we we just kind of we've had both of you guys on finally had andrew on yeah um last week so and i wanted to it talk a little me, bit about that it took <laughs> oh, me long you? enough it took me long enough <laughs> i listened to that episode oh did you really yeah, yeah i think i think maybe we should have a conversation here <laughs> i feel like i mean i'm not gonna play any audio but if you go back and listen to the episode andrew was on i feel like my name came up a few times we did talk uh, about you and i don't feel like it was very nice i don't <laughs> feel like what happened was very kind it reminded me of whenever you're listening to a political campaign rally you know, uh-huh, yeah and they're always just negging the opponent you yes know? exactly Dicer. <laughs> and then you totally put me in my place on twitter uh, i did want to mention mustache gate yeah oh, oh no 
Uh, so one of the incredible. things you guys mentioned in your litany of, of reasons, Andrew, is much better than me uh, on the podcast, was that I can't grow facial hair. Yeah. Definitely put me in my place. So uh, so I did. I posted on Twitter a picture from about uh, six years ago Hulk of, Dicer. of me with a uh, with um, a, a pretty decent mustache, That was I think. a good oh, Fu Manchu yet yeah. going on I need there. to see that picture. Yeah. Oh, it's somebody glorious. said it sounded. Somebody said it. It looked a lot like the the Batman logo that my mustache looked a little <laughs> bit like. I think the Batman logo. So oh, I, I think great. my exact words was Aaron is a hairless freak or something. Yes, like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Thank you. No, yeah. I appreciate. But I did that. give you credit that you have way more hair on the top of your head <laughs> yes. than I do. I did give it's you true. credit there, and that you're way taller. But that was also that's a, a that's con. Right. That was very kind. You said I could reach things on high shelves. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. I, I do appreciate that. So, yeah, if you want to hear what Andrew really thinks about Aaron, <laughs> tune into the March Dicer. 17th episode. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was a blast. I, I love listening to you guys. I hope you guys will check out Horrible Movie Podcast. They, they have a lot of fun, and we have a lot of fun every time we get a chance to go hang out with those guys. So, Phil, it is awesome for you to be here thanks for good to be here thanks for coming Absolutely, in yeah. Yeah. we're going to be talking uh the power rangers movie uh saban's power rangers saban saban or, or saban saban yeah, okay it is. well i've pronounced it wrong everywhere that i've done <laughs> done stuff for it but uh saban's power rangers which will uh which is out this weekend we've also of course got uh, buried treasure coming up at the end we're going to do best ever challenge on team-up movies today so uh be ready for that that could be a lot of fun uh but first andrew likes to kick us off with some do we care every single week i scour the internets to see if i can find anything interesting going on in the entertainment world and i pick three topics i think are worth mentioning and then we will discuss whether we care about them or not if we care about them we will dive into it deeper let's do it number one robert downey jr is in talks to talk to animals in a reboot of Dr. Doolittle. Uh, I care because I love Robert Downey Jr. I think he's great. So, what you Phil? got? Sure. I, I never saw Dr. Doolittle. So. The Eddie Murphy one or the one even before that? I might have seen the Eddie Murphy one, but I know I haven't seen the original. I'll tell you right now, I don't care, but I am uh, outnumbered. So, let's dive into <laughs> it. Here's what. What can be said in this movie that wasn't said in. The '67 movie with uh, Roger. Yeah, but we're but see no yes I get it but we're getting into that thing again like I, I get it's not necessary but that doesn't mean it'll be a bad movie like it might be fun entertainment. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, well, okay, Aaron. How, okay, so Robert Downey Jr. Funny guy, really funny. I guy. love his personality. He's he's got a very distinct. Uh, uh, you know, kind of devil may care kind of thing going on with his personality that mm-hmm. I don't know how it works with Dr. Doolittle, but I'm curious to find out, you know, it doesn't feel right to me. It really doesn't, but you're talking I about the casting. Yeah. It just okay. feels like a weird role for mm-hmm. him, but, uh, but I'm, you know, I, again, I'm the eternal movie optimist. Like, I'm just like, Hey, show me the movie and then I'll decide, you know? Yeah. So, so but, the thing is, is he has conversations with the animals. Like the animals actually talk back, right? Yeah. Nobody else can hear the animals. So. Okay. I mean, I feel like that could be well done with our CGI and technology that we have now. It's kind of a um, Jungle Book type of thing, if you will. Just get Andy Circus to play every single animal. There It'll you be go. Fun. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. I like that idea. Number two. Yeah, go for it. Netflix is going to finish and distribute Orson Welles' unfinished mockumentary project, The Other Side of the Wind. I definitely care about this. <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy. Isn't the, it? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, for those of you out there who don't know, before Orson Welles passed, he was working on a mockumentary, 
that he never finished because he could never find out the proper and right way to finish telling the story. Mm -hmm. Netflix has purchased the rights for it and they are going to finish it and distribute it. That's amazing. Isn't I like I'm I'm I have so many questions. Like how are they going to do that? What's I don't know. you know, like are I mean, are they using all everything already shot? Are they shooting new stuff? Are they shooting everything new? Are you know, like I imagine they have to use because if they're saying they're finishing it, that means that they're probably going to be using the old footage, right? Cause right. It's, it's kind of like based on like an Ernest Hemingway sort of thing, right? Do you know much about? No, I really uh, don't. Okay. I don't. All I know is is he's a genius. Yeah, he did come up with a little indie film you may have heard of called Citizen Kane. Just so. a, just a little film, <laughs> yeah. often considered the best movie ever made. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing because. We live in an era where technology allows us to do some pretty cool stuff with, you know, property that that was thought once dead. And I just, you know, it's I mean, music has been doing this forever. You know, artists will pass away and then 20 years later, new music is coming out from them still because there's, you know, tracks from their, you know, previous recording sessions and different things. And it's just like, you know, I'm kind of a fan of that. I think that's cool. And we also need to look at the fact that Netflix in general is moving not only in distribution, but also production now of stuff. With You know, they started with the Netflix original shows like House of Cards. And, and they're so loaded. They've got so much capital that they can invest in this yeah. stuff. But now they're actually coming out with a lot of movies. Yeah. They won an Oscar last year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Um, has, just, it, has anyone seen the original footage? Like the... Did he ever publish no, anything? I don't know if it's ever been released. I don't think it has ever been released. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not an expectation from the audience to, you know, to match a certain style or anything like that. Well, I think that there's an expectation. It's an Orson Welles movie, so I think that people have an expectation on that sense of, like, this better be the greatest mockumentary of all time since <laughs> Spinal Tap, you know? Yeah, they definitely have big shoes to fill. Yeah. The greatest mockumentary <laughs> since before Spinal Tap. Yeah. Since before Spinal Tap. <laughs> oh, all right. Third one. This one's this one's pretty interesting. Jay-Z has partnered with the Weinstein Company to make a Trayvon Martin film and a Trayvon Martin documentary. Both. Both. That's Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just pick a medium? I don't know. Um, maybe it's because they want to tell a dramatization of it as well, but they also want to make sure that they're also telling at the same time the real story of what's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. So something to tug on the heartstrings, which obviously the main story by itself is enough to tug on the heartstrings. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I found this interesting, and uh, I care. I do too as well. I tell. I, guess I, we I love say tr- that. I love true stories, Phil. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, and, and talk about a hot button issue. I mean, right. I, I think it's a story that needs to be told. Absolutely. And totally and here's here's my question for you guys. Which do you prefer? Now, I mean, they're making both, but which do you prefer with a story, let's say like this one? Do you prefer the dramatization or do you prefer the documentary? I mean, I think the documentary would be more interesting, um, but I think it's not going to be as watched as much as much as the dramatization. You know what I mean? Like, That's a good point. I, I mean, I... I think the the goal is to get the story out to as many people as possible. So it's even though I would prefer, like me personally, I, I would prefer to watch the documentary. I, I almost feel like the other one might be more important yeah. for history. I think that's well said. Yeah, that is actually I because I, I prefer the documentary, but I didn't even think of you know like the marketing the, of it. The marketing of it, and I think you feel is absolutely right that a film is gonna 
reach way more people than a documentary. I think we have a recent example of this, right? Like, I mean, just this last year, we had the People versus OJ on TV as a dramatization. And we had the huge documentary by Ezra Edelman, who did like the seven and a half hour. It won the Oscar for documentary. best documentary. A seven and a half hour, quote unquote, movie <laughs> won an Oscar this year. Yeah. Um, and those are about the same subject matter. They're both amazing, but I guarantee you more people saw People versus OJ oh, yeah, in the I dramatization. Oh, yeah, it was one of the most watched shows of last year, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. OJ Made in America, I think is the name of the documentary. Yeah, OJ I, Made I, in America. If you haven't taken the time to sit down for seven and a half hours and watch it... It's worth it. It is it is a phenomenal piece of work. And you can just break it up, you know? Watch. Well, yeah, of yeah. course. It has nice little chapter breaks that you can kind of yeah. you know do every hour or so. Which would you which would you want done about your life, Andrew? A documentary or a or a dramatization? Considering how droll my life is, I think that you <laughs> gotta dramatize it. So you gotta make that way more entertaining and who plays than you? it really is. Who plays you? Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, no, I'm taking that back. Alexander Skarsgard. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately I think I've got an old Travolta playing me, probably. Something Aww. like that. <laughs> young Travolta. All right, we'll go young Travolta. Yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit about Power Rangers. None of us really know each other. We're all screw-ups. But somehow... We were all in the same place at the same time when Billy found those coins. Guys, check out how we glow. I'm blue! (laughs) I'm black! What? I am. No, you're not! (laughs) Do you feel weird? We're strong. I'm saying we're strong. The answer to what is happening to you is here. You five are the Power Rangers. Did I just hear you say we're Power Rangers? Is this some kind of joke? We're talking to a wall. I was kind of expecting a little more. Saban's Power Rangers. It's about five ordinary teens who must become something extraordinary when they learn that their small town of Angel Grove and the world is on the verge of being obliterated by an alien threat. But to do so, they will have to overcome their real life issues and band together as the Power Rangers. (laughs) Uh, Let's start with liked it, loved it. It was just okay. Didn't like it or hated it. What did you think, Phil? So I like agonized over this last night. Oh, really? <laughs> like which category to put it in? I, I don't want to get, give the wrong answer. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is no wrong answer. So, um, so I, I'm going to give my answer here in a second, but let me coach this in the, <laughs> the avenue of, I went into this movie expecting to be in the didn't like it camp. Okay. So that, you thought it was going to be horrible. Yes. I, yeah, thought, okay. I thought that was my, my expectation. Um, I came away being more impressed than I thought I okay. would be. But I'm not in that loved it camp, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go liked it. Okay. Yeah. Strong liked it. Slight liked it. Slight liked it. All right. Yeah. Aaron, what do you think? Uh, I'll go next. Yeah, that's fine. I'm in the it was okay camp. Okay. Strong. It was okay, but it was okay. Okay. I'm in between you guys. I am in between okay and liked it because kind of like Phil, even though this was my childhood Power Rangers, I didn't expect the movie to be all that good. But uh, yeah. There are some things to like about it, right? There like, are some things to we'll, really we'll get like into about that. it. Before we do, though, let's talk a little bit about our experience with the um, with the IP, uh, with Power yeah. Rangers in general. Yeah. Because I, I think I've already mentioned, maybe it was in the pre-show, but I, I am not a Power Rangers guy. I never watched any of the TV shows. I'm aware of it. It's enough in the culture that I understand, you know, the people in the colored suits and doing martial arts moves and, 
you know, that kind of stuff. But did I you, but I didn't watch any. Did you know that it was actually a Japanese show that they just reused the footage? I for? only know that because I read it recently. But oh, okay. but yeah, yeah. Power Rangers Super Sentai yeah. series. So for me, Power Rangers was my childhood. Right now, I'm even wearing my green slash nice. white ranger t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So wait, yeah. white green white ranger? There was no green or white ranger, was there? Yeah, there in was the both. movie. Tommy played both of them. He was the green ranger first, and he had the dragon zord. No, 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 you, no, no, no. The uh, in the movie, I'm talking in the movie we just watched. Well, no, 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 no. The, well, the, the only end. power oh, ranger I, things I've ever seen. Spoilers. Yeah, for we that, can't address so. that until spoiler cast. Yeah. Oh, oh, I guess. I guess I didn't even recognize what you're talking about, <laughs> yeah. so we'll talk about that in spoilers. Yeah, because uh, Tommy the Green Ranger was not one of the original Power Rangers. Uh, if you want, later on, I'll tell you that whole story. But, uh, yeah, yeah, for me, that child, uh, my childhood was Power Rangers. It was my jam. So, so you loved it. So, yeah. uh, like, the the material. So, yeah. you, know, you come from it from a very different perspective of me, because I'm completely nostalgia for unaware me. of it. What about you, Phil? So I mean, you, Andrew, you were more of like a kid, like a young kid yeah. when it came out. I, I'm a I, wee lad. I, I was just starting high school, so the original show came out in 1993 in America, and the year I graduated from high school, and I was just beginning high school. So yeah, so I, I was, was nine. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Yeah. Thanks. So I, I felt like I was just, it was just, I was a little too old for it. Like, um, I just think, remember, I can grow a mustache, right? <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I if it if, without pictures, it didn't happen. So I, I got to see the pictures okay. first, but. Um, um, but w- when I was in high school, <laughs> there were some high school students that were watching it, but it was kind of, I mean, you kind of had to be a, a sort of part of a certain crowd to really be yeah. into it. Yeah. And I wasn't in that crowd. So um, my brother, who was, um, he's about t- almost two and a half years younger than me. He was in that sweet spot where mm. he was uh, like a, I think a seventh grader when it came out. And so he was all into it. He was, um, you know, collecting the, the cards or the care, you know, the action figures or whatever. And so mm-hmm. I, it was on like the TV, that show was on in our house and I was walking through the living room and kind of looking at it. So I have some kind of, you know, tangential, uh, that's kind of how I am with the X-Men cartoon. My brother used to watch the X-Men all the time when he was a kid and I was just kind of in and out of the room and kind of fell in love with some of it that way. But yeah, it's interesting. So in, in prep for watching the movie, I did some, I I wanted to do some homework. So I went, I went back and watched the first, the first ever episode Uh that aired, uh, and, uh, which was called um, something about the dumpster, attack of the dumpster or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> really stupid. Um, and I, I actually re- remembered the actors. Like I, I recognized a lot of the scenes that were happening. So I was surprised how much I remembered. But yeah. Tommy, Jason, Billy, Kimmy, Trini. Yeah. Was that, that, was that their names in the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Same names. All right. Well, besides Tommy, obviously. So since you guys are older than me. Uh, Go ahead. Bring it guys- up again. No. <laughs> were you more into Voltron whenever you were younger? Because oh, yes. Voltron yes. had an earlier yes. run, and it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So Voltron's very, very the same thing? It's teenagers yeah, I guess you're jumping right. in Zords, pretty much, to attack evil. Except instead yeah. of, you know, different, oh, here. different types of Zords, like, you know, there's dinosaurs for Power Rangers. All the Voltron was lions. So they're all just different colors of lions. Uh, one of you mentioned Zords, which, by the way, I didn't even know existed. I didn't know that was even part of a thing. Like I, oh, I knew really? You nothing. Just they were them? About, I just thought it was these. I just thought they did martial arts and stuff. I had no clue they were dinosaurs. And oh, really? Stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. None of that stuff. That's how like I. That's how much I don't know this material. Okay. Um. But my favorite pun in my YouTube review, I was talking about the writing, and I said the pen is mightier than the Zord. Oh, <laughs> so good. Very clever. Know, that, was, that was my favorite. 
Um, so I, I think Transformers was probably more of my jam. That was my jam. And, Transformers was my really? jam. I got, yeah, uh, absolutely. There's, it's impossible. I think if you grew up on Transformers, it's impossible to not think about Transformers as you're watching Power Rangers. Um, yeah, just because there's similarities and they're, 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 I mean, Transformers are essentially things that are morphing into, you know, cars into mm-hmm. robots and stuff like that. So it's pretty similar. Um, okay. Well, that, that'll help as we kind of discuss, I think that'll help people know kind of what our familiarity with the material is as we start talking about the movie. As mentioned, I think there's lots to like here. Um, I'll go ahead and kick it off. I think the casting was really great in this movie. I, the kids are especially I, good. Yeah. Those five, yeah. Yeah. I liked every one of them and yeah. they did a great job. And not only that, but they do great together. And that is such the key. Their chemistry is really good. And when the movie is doing that kind of breakfast clubby kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. where these people from different areas are coming together and getting to know each other, I think that's where the movie works the best in, you know, those relationships and those kids and what they're going through. And I, I was surprised by how well that stuff works. So that's one of the things that, that I enjoyed. What about you guys? I totally agree. There were parts of the movie where these teenagers are talking about real life stuff and it can hit you on an emotional level you're like i'm watching a power rangers movie and these people are knocking it out of the park in terms of you know making these characters seem believable because that's not really the tone that power rangers had you know it was more campy and goofy and stuff so for them to take up an ip like that and to make it you know realistic and for it to work speaks volumes to how good these kids were in their performances. Yeah, the original show is really about hitting certain archetypes. Like, you you wanted the nerd in the show, you wanted the jock in the show, that kind of thing. But that was kind of where it ended. There there wasn't a lot of, you know, getting to know them and stuff like that. Exactly. Um, You saw them in certain... Uh, cir- circumstances and situations in real life, but you didn't feel like you really were getting to know their 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 motivations and stuff like that. The movie does a great job, I think, of kind of exploring who these people are. Um, you see them. Uh, this isn't a spoiler. You see them together in a in a detention hall kind of yeah. room, and so they Im- immediately you know they all have kind of something in common, but. As the movie goes forward, you're actually learning what it is that kind of makes them not just unique, but also all together, um, you know, join together and, and have have that one thing in common. So it's also the reason that the other thing I liked about the movie, the other main thing I, I enjoyed about the movie works, uh, which are the themes in the movie. You know, there are these deeper themes about sacrifice, uh, uh, vulnerability mm-hmm. is a big one. Transparency, you know, being willing to open up to people, yeah. mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, sacrifice is another one, of course. All that stuff works primarily because we believe these are real people. And, uh, you know, again, those two are you know kind of hand in hand. But that was the other big thing I, I thought worked about the movie was it had it had something to say and it said it well, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that was for me. Any other positives? Uh, for the most part, the CGI in this movie was pretty good. There were parts of it where it definitely needed an, an extra few days in the editing bay, you know, just to make some of the CGI look more realistic. But for the most part, I was like, you know what? The the armor, you know, because instead of, you know, just wearing spandex jumpsuits and stuff, they really modernized it. And I think it looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Zords, not so much. I actually like the older version of the Zords. I mean, these were cool, but there were parts of it. It was kind of difficult to tell what kind of animal they were going for. You know? I, I'm going to be honest. I just noticed a T-Rex. I wasn't even really sure. In, in, There's in, a Mastodon, a Triceratops, a Pterodactyl. The is that a spoiler, or is that people know that from the no, old You better know that. Yeah, okay, all, all, all right. That's in the yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. So all they're the same from the show as they are in the show. movie? Okay. Exactly. All right. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, because I've never seen the show, so I didn't know. Again, I didn't even know what Zords were. Yeah. So the only one I really recognized was the T-Rex and maybe a Triceratops. Was there a Triceratops? Yeah. Yes. And then I, I thought the one was a jet plane. It wasn't a jet plane. It, it was a pterodactyl. It was that was a pterodactyl. Yeah. So okay. So they're saying. all can, dinosaurs. They're yeah. all dinosaurs. And oh, see, yellow, I didn't even know that. Like, I didn't. I they can, said I, that at the at one point. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, they take the form of the p- most powerful <laughs> creature on the planet, or whatever." Yeah. Whenever and I was they, like, "Well, only one of them's a dinosaur. Maybe two of them." And I was trying to figure out what the others. I were. I can understand yeah. your confusion on that, having not seen a lot of the show, yeah. just because those those set pieces in the movie were so short and so fast. Like there, there was, there wasn't a lot of time to kind of dwell and look, just look at these creatures, these yeah. me- mechanical yeah. creatures. So yeah, I, without that, that backstory or that experience in, in your past, I can definitely understand how you'd be confused by that. There's another part of that. I want to talk about that is absolutely, I think we have to talk about in spoilers. So uh, we'll save that for then, but yes, as the non familiar person, I had some questions about those Creatures slash robots okay. things that we'll get to in spoilers. Uh, I'll just say one more pro real quick. Sure. Uh, Bill Hader as Alpha 5. That's a character <laughs> in the show that could easily, whenever you adapt him, can be annoying. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that Bill Hader, you know, he, they didn't overuse that character, so they didn't drown you with just the ay yeah 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 or anything like <laughs> he that. He only gave one of them. He so. only gave, yeah, one or two of those. <laughs> I don't and, even know what uh, you're talking about. So yeah. The robot. He yeah. must do that in the TV show? Every I, 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 or Like every five seconds he yeah. does. Okay. I, 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 I didn't even recognize it in the movie. So <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a character that if you were to modernize that could have been incredibly annoying. Whenever I heard they were casting Bill Hader, I'm like, he could probably do a good job. They didn't oversaturate you with that character. And I thought he did a pretty good job. So if you were nervous about that, I think it's okay. I, you know, I like that I didn't recognize that was an inside joke, though, because I think a lot of times really? movies that, that super serve an, uh, an original audience like that will make people who don't know the jokes feel a little out of place. World uh, Warcraft was that for me. Warcraft mm-hmm. was full of moments where it was like, OK, I get that some people thought that was funny because of something they were supposed to know. But I have no idea what you're talking about. This I didn't feel that a lot during this movie. So the fact that there were nods. To the mm-hmm. original, like the I.I.I. or whatever, and it didn't make me feel out of place. I think that's good. I think that means the movie did something right. I yeah. was watching the movie in a packed theater last night, and which is saying something. It was ten fifteen p.m., and the people that were down the row from from me were going crazy. Like they were like laughing and clapping, even like in the middle of the movie at certain references that they re- recognized from their childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And meanwhile, everyone else down the row didn't react in any way but that was okay like they they got what they wanted and the audience that was seeing this property maybe for the first time still enjoyed the movie and and got you know what they got out of it so yeah um the the alpha 5 character for those who are familiar with the borderlands video games yeah reminds me a lot of claptrap um yeah. so th- there's a just a really famous if, if anyone's played the borderlands game there's a really famous character and he's kind of got that same personality and yet bill Hader kind of puts his own spin on it and he did a great job yeah cool any other pros before we hit some cons uh, I, I mean i'll say something i mean i know we already talked about the cast like the main five or whatever but um rj siler kyler um he's he was the guy that played the billy the blue ranger he was the best yeah i agree he was uh, he gave a phenomenal performance yeah um, and say what you will about the other cast members they were all really good but um he did something truly special with an with an aus- uh, autistic kind is of, that kind part of, of the tv show no the original no. that's new okay no. all right the, the original billy um i mean they, they played around with with race a little bit but in yeah. a good way like i they they had the same 
races in the movie. I'm talking black, white, mm-hmm. you know, all that. Um, but they were mixed up. So like Billy was a white guy in, in the original show, but there was also an African-American in the original show as well. So like they had the same, uh, they just kind of switched their demographic. Suits. Yeah. yeah just kinda... The black guy was the black ranger in the show. And, but, oh, interesting. And yeah. Was that on purpose? I don't know. Um, Trini, the Asian well, girl that makes in the that, show, that was makes yellow. a joke in the movie funnier to me now. Yeah, exactly. There's a joke in the movie that's a little bit funnier to me. Yeah, now. that you're the black. Like, no, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, see, he, again, there, this movie is flooded with like nostalgia and references that you didn't pick up on, but you still thought was funny, right? Like, well, it, no, it I wor- just, it, I it just worked. Well, I I wouldn't say I thought they were funny. I just missed them. Yeah, you know, the I I, I meant nothing. I didn't even know it was there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the original Billy was kind of this. Um, you know, a stereotypical '90s nerd. You know, kind yeah. of um, tape between on the glasses type of guy. Yeah. But he he didn't suffer from anything, and and you know, I won't say what all the spoilers of the movie, but like, I mean, he there's a lot more going on with this Billy that I thought was drew me completely. I was all Agreed. on him. I just I just wanted to agree. He was my favorite. What he was like. So yeah, yeah, very, yeah very good. Again, like you said, all the performances from the kids in this were really good. Uh, but especially Billy knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, I'll kick off the kind of the negatives uh, by saying the main one for me. Uh, and I think it really impacts the movie negatively for me uh, is you had mentioned that the TV show was so campy and weird and silly and over the top. That's here in the movie too. And it feels so out of place to me. Thank it you. Feels, I, wrote, I wrote that down. It, it just feels like two movies battling it out. In fact, yeah. I'll, here's, here's where I'll pinpoint it. Elizabeth Banks plays the, the main bad character in Rita this. Rita Repulsa. She is in a different movie than everybody else. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it's in, and I'm not saying her performance is bad. It's just for a different film than these kids were making. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, I actually am in the camp that I thought her performance was pretty bad. But okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was bad. If it's you made different. the entire movie, the campy version yeah. of this movie, which could be done. She's good. I, I think she's amazing. Right. Yeah. But that's not what I thought this movie was because it starts out like something that's taking itself seriously. Yeah, you yeah. Know? She she has some lines in this that the the audience is wants to laugh at, but they're not sure if they should laugh or not because the whole rest of the movie is so so serious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really strange. <laughs> it just it yeah. is one of those cases where the movie needed to make up its mind on what what kind of tone it wanted to have. That was exactly. really a major negative for me. Yeah, here's mine. This movie has what I believe to be the absolute worst product placement of any movie it's on my list in too. history i mean it goes by from, worst you mean best <laughs> like, it goes for, no, for on, Krispy cream it's the best this, ever okay? this is how it went for me it went cringeworthy then it got funny uh-huh but then it got sad yeah that's exactly right that yeah. is the emotional gamut yeah because if they would have like when it because it was it did get funny it did get funny but they just kept pushing it and i'm like oh God, you're well, now, it now it's not funny anymore <laughs> Every single plot point had to revolve. I mean, I I've seen forced product placement before, right? We've Man all seen steel, it. Yeah, yeah. Hop, yeah, we've all we've all seen it. You have never seen this. Is a Krispy Kreme commercial? <laughs> this yeah, should have been is. a Krispy. It shouldn't have been Saban's Power Rangers. It should have been Krispy Kreme's Power Rangers. <laughs> I know. It was crazy. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know about you guys, but as soon as I left the theater, I was just really hungry for donuts. I, I have no idea why. <laughs> Can't figure um, it out. Yeah, I stopped at a, the gas station right next to where we are and i walked in to get a power rate and there was a bag of crispy creams and i, just, I chuckled like <laughs> and it wasn't just that it was in the plot so much anytime they were near it every shot they were in had to be forced to show the crispy cream logo in and then, it like and it then was they then yeah. they said it like 
Hey, Chris- we're near the Krispy Kreme, and then they would like move out. How many of the way times just do you sh- think they said Krispy Kreme in this movie? At least thirty. I yes, at least thirty. Yeah, at yeah. least, it was, yeah, it was a lot. At least, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally, I'm totally with totally with and you. And they on did that. some kind of a ad campaign with them in real life too, didn't they? Like, I think yeah. Oh, I'm sure. No, Krispy Kremes has a run of uh, different uh, color glazing donuts to match with the there different Ranger suits and stuff. Listen, it's a home run for Krispy Kreme. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, there's, uh, it's great for them. I just for the movie, it's awful because it's such a distraction. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. And it, it every time reminds you you're watching a movie. I right. say this over and over again. Yeah, you can be silly if you want in your movie, but the more you remind me I'm sitting and watching the movie, the less I'm going to get involved in what you're putting on the screen. Yeah, you know, you're just taking me out of reality. Hmm. So. Like yeah. there were part like I can't believe they're actually doing this right now. Yeah. Like whenever you're making a movie like in general and there obviously you have to have product placement in some movies you know because like look at a uh, E.T. Is, e. is always the original example with, with Reese's Eminem. Pieces. Or was it Reese's or Eminem's? It was well, Reese's Pieces. Eminem, they went to Eminem's and said, hey, do, hey, do you mind if we use Eminem's right. in this? And Eminem's was like, no, no, no yeah. you can't. Yeah. And so they used Reese's Pieces. So look at a movie like Spider-Man, the original one with Tobey Maguire. You know, I think, how much did Dr. Pepper pay for that one microscopic shot? You know, they paid him right. like millions of dollars. And sure. you know, that's how you, you know, fund some stuff. Mm-hmm. What does Krispy Kremes have to pay you? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what this deal looks like, but I mean, I, I can guarantee you, Krispy Kreme got the better end of this deal. There's no yeah. because the, what happened in that movie. I mean, they they should have just paid for the whole movie. I like, think they did. Their movie. I, I, I think they did. I, I think Aaron, what you were saying earlier about how this is like on a ne- another level of product placement. Uh-huh. Really puts it because in that camp because it's no no longer just a, a logo in the background or mm-hmm. you know you see something or someone's drinking Dr Pepper or something like that. It was a major plot point. Like, yeah, the plot revolved like around Krispy Kreme without getting into spoil- several times. Yeah, without getting into spoilers, there there is a part in the movie that could not take place unless they were at a certain location that happened to be Krispy Kreme. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I mean it was central to the movie. You have to have a Krispy Kreme. In the I think movie. I just figured it out. Brian Cranston and Elizabeth Banks wanted so much money that they had to bring on an outside fun, uh, funder, and Krispy Kremes happened to be that <laughs> person. And they said, fine, we'll pay for Brian Cranston and Elizabeth Banks, these A-list actors, to be in your movie, but you are going to make this Krispy Kremes present. Was Brian Cranston Zordon? Yeah. Yeah, now you see, they obviously they chose him because of his voice, mm-hmm. because... In the actual show, Zordon is a disembodied head yeah. floating there, and they really modernized it in a cool way with like this kind of a what was that game you know used to get a, like a Spencer's gift? So it was the yeah, nails, the little, and then you put your hands through. Yeah, it. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That it was just like that, except it was this cool face, and I really liked Brian Cranston because his voice, who is not, I don't know if you knew this, he's been in Power Rangers before. Mm-mm, I didn't. know He was that. in the original run of the show. He was a recurring guy who came onto the show as the villain for, or the voice for the villain of the week. He just uh, English dubbed the villain. So he's been in Power Rangers before. Wow. So this is before Breaking Bad then. <laughs> he was, I think, in his early 20s whenever he did Power Rangers. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, unless you have anything that you're just dying to get to, let's just do it for one more thing. <laughs> Say and we'll... my name, Zordon. <laughs> who was that in the chat over there? I can't that see. That was Jared. Jared, the Jared yeah. Chester. Good call. <laughs> I, I have one minor con. It, it's uh, maybe not even something that would bother other people, but 
the the most interesting part of the movie was actually when for me at least was when they were not in the suits it was just their their normal you know um alter ego human personalities well, that's a good um, thing <laughs> yeah um and and yet that i i kind of wanted the the actual suit like combat part of the movie which was really all t- towards the back to be a little bit longer like it, it felt short to me the about three-fourths of the movie is the first time that you actually see them in their power ranger suits and i get it it's a it's an origin story movie and and um S- saban uh has said that they're planning like five more movies like yeah. this is gonna be like one of six so well the good news for them is they did the casting right yeah, because yeah. that because you can fix all that other stuff. Oh yeah, but you can't fix the casting if you do it wrong. And I think yeah. they did the casting right. So totally if agree. If, if you're going to see this movie, especially if you're taking kids and the kids are just really excited about the action part of the movie, I think you need to know that it's very short. It's a it's yeah. the last twenty five percent of the movie, and I kind of wanted it to be more like maybe two thirds, one third, or you know, more. Uh, the balance was a little weird for me, but um, I agree. I think the balance was a little at, off. At the same time, I the most the most inspiring and exciting part the of the stuff movie, that worked i think was is not that, that stuff yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i totally agree yeah um i'll start with my one last thing okay uh there is a moment um and we'll talk about it in spoilers it's towards the end where one of the characters looks at the screen and says how and i just was like i'm so with you because so much of this stuff is like <laughs> what how did that even happen like how yeah. is that a thing and it was just like it just there was a lot in this that was nonsense to me that didn't make sense in that campy ridiculous part and, and I'll, I'll go into more details and spoilers on that. You but. know, because they're trying to, you know, <laughs> make an, homo- an homage to the original run of the show. But like you said, it doesn't blend with the rest of the movie. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some key moments where I was just like, I was very distracted by how nonsense it was. Yeah. So, I'll just say that. One last thing. Um, so this movie was directed by Dean Israelite, which I'm not yeah. familiar with his work. Um, he hasn't done a whole lot, I guess. Uh, the one movie that people know him for is maybe Project Almanac, Project Almanac is which came, came out a couple years ago. And, and That it, is so funny because Project Almanac was in my brain while watching this movie. It oh, that's felt funny. like Project Almanac in some ways. I, I've not seen Project Almanac. I just I'll, I just read about it, and I know that it's a found footage type, yeah. type movie. There are elements of that history, directing history in this movie, for sure. It's definitely inspired by his previous work. Um, that's so interesting. There's a there's a scene in a, in a car chase uh, towards the beginning of the movie that um, is very found footage, where the, the camera, the cameraman is essentially in the middle of the car, it is like looking back out the back windshield and then looking forward at the front windshield and then look, looking back again. And it feels like a found footage, you know, guy with a mm-hmm. holding a it's very camcorder. Organic, yeah. And it, those, those shots I think were, were very exciting to watch just because it made me, made you feel like you were in the middle of the scene. Uh, whereas other shots, the camera was out removed. So I honestly, like his background of doing found footage, I think really helps this movie. I would give project Almanac a cautious recommend if you haven't seen it. Okay. It's, it's not, awful acquired taste uh yeah i mean i i enjoyed it i had a good time with it um some of the stuff didn't make sense in it but it was it was interesting enough what's your one more thing Andrew? as an avid fan of the original run of the show there were parts of this movie that took me back to 1993 and i absolutely loved it so uh the only thing i was missing was a squeeze it bottle and a bowl of chef boyardee and i would have been nine years old again watching this (laughs) thing because honestly if you were a fan of this series when you were younger there are definitely things that kick you right in the nostalgia factor and it takes you back and it is glorious i loved it i felt like a kid again and it put a little smile on my face i loved it 
Awesome. Uh, overall, boy, what would we say? I don't know. I I guess it's a it's a definitely a recommend if you love the original material, right? Uh, like yeah, you're gonna yeah. have to see it. Yeah. Uh, for somebody like me, I probably could have taken it or left it, but you know, if it's gonna be a series and they fix some of the stuff that's wrong with this first one, then I would recommend it just for the cast alone and just for you know. This movie is better than it should have been. Yes, yeah, that's a good way to sure. say it. Before we get on to our best ever challenge for this episode, a big time thank you to a new uh, patron who just signed up at patreon.com slash studio DNA to support the podcast network for your generous pledge. David, thank you so much uh, for your pledge means the world to us. Uh, David uh, uh, sponsoring at $30 a month. So thank you for doing that, David. We very much appreciate it. Uh, It starts at $3 a month. Giving starts at $3 a month. So, and that gets you your own podcast feed where you can listen to the exclusive pre shows uh, that happen before the show, any bonus episodes, all that stuff will be there uh, and will come straight to your podcast feed uh, for all of our patrons. We really could not do this uh, without you. So, thank you so much for your support. And David, because you're at that $30 a month level, you do have a, a shout out every month that you get to do. So uh, just let us know what you want shouted out and uh, we will do that sometime this month. So thank you for that. David's great. The other thing I would mention is it is still tripod month. Is so oh, yeah. if you have got somebody in your life that you know might enjoy this podcast or other podcasts or whatever uh, that may think it's you know too complicated or don't know how to do it, walk them through it. You know, Say, hey, here's a podcast. I think you'd enjoy listening to this while you're driving or working out or whatever and just show them how to use the app whatever app you use load it up on their phone you know show them the options and and get them started uh this is the month where we're all encouraging each other to uh to let somebody else know about podcasts who may not be into them so give that a try and let us know you do and when you do hashtag it on twitter tripod t-r-y-p-o-d so thanks for doing that all right on to our best ever challenge we're going to find the best movie ever in a particular category. Uh, we're going with best team-up movies. So let me explain this a little bit. <clears throat> so a movie like Power Rangers is a team-up movie, right? Different yeah. people coming together for a unified purpose. Uh, it's a little bit of kind of going to have to play judge and jury here because you could think of like Star Wars. Well, there's a team-up there. Well, kind of, but they're doing different things and it's not necessarily a team-up movie in yeah. that respect you know what i'm saying you kind of understand a little bit of the difference there exactly so yeah. the cutoff for a team is five so ghostbusters just misses the cut you know? <laughs> five so or more five or more and uh and so we're gonna name our top three we'll count them down from number three to number one if somebody names one that you've got higher we'll wait to talk about it till you're ready so just yell trump trump and we'll uh and we'll uh hold off on that and then we'll do some honorable mentions that don't get uh it mentioned at the end. Aaron, so, would you like to start? This was an interesting one. Yeah, I can start for sure. Okay. Uh, Team-up movies, thinking of them in that way, was interesting for me. Although, I have to say, my top three were obvious right off the bat mm. for me. Like, I didn't have to think about my top three. The honorable mentions I had to think about for a while. Uh, my number three is Ocean's Eleven. Honorable mention for me. Yeah. yeah it's an honorable mention for me. I, it is. It is. To me, that may be the quintessential team up movie you know uh it, 11 people for that matter coming together playing their different roles going after a bank the thing i love about oceans 11 the most is the way they reveal the plan there's mm. something really smart about how they do it they give you just enough pieces to you kind of understand what they're doing but you get to experience with it when it actually happens and that yeah. just that gives this adrenaline kick that a lot of movies that do like heists and that kind of stuff don't have 
because you feel like you're in the heist with them and discovering how smart they are and, and what they're doing and how they did it. So, yeah, Ocean's Eleven is is great for me. I you're think- trying to understand the 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 uh, the heist before it's actually done. You're trying to yeah. outsmart Ocean and his gang. Yeah. So yeah. I think what I like the most about that movie is the scale at, at which they're trying to accomplish this goal. Like, you, it would be a big enough movie if they were just trying to rob one casino. But mm-hmm. the, the fact that they want to rob three casinos in one night, you know, like they, they, they have to have all these moving p- pieces and parts and stuff like that, um, I think was really intriguing. So I and, almost had that in my top three. And those guys just ooze charisma. Yeah. It's just. Yeah infatuating like i can't stop these guys are so cool i can't stop watching them talk about cast i mean it's unbelievable the name yeah. it's incredible movie. right yeah it's incredible that same cast made an awful movie with oceans 12 <laughs> yeah and we won't talk about but 13 13 was great I, like, I thought they came back with 13 and did, i thought it kept recaptured some of the than, magic i thought 12 was better than 13 but Phil, <laughs> what do you get at number three um I, i've got one that you may i don't know if you'll trumpet or not but um the great escape mm. It's a good one. I, I know that I didn't um, even think about that one. Yeah, yeah. so it's I'll not, allow it. It's it's not a superhero movie by any stretch, um, but no. it is a, a a group of people that have to accomplish a goal. And actually, um, this might be better than all the other movies because of the again the scale at which they're trying to accomplish this goal. So um, I think there's like 250 of them that have to try to get through this this tunnel, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I can spoil a like a 50 year old. Sure, around. go for it. Yeah. <laughs> So, but I, I just love how um, the movie, a lot of the movie is kind of Ocean's Eleven. You have to, you know, you have to have all these people, different people have different roles to in order to accomplish. And, and if only one person messes up, then the whole thing goes to pot. Yeah. It's based on true story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that too. Um, and just the time period that it's set in and the internment camp and all that. Great choice. Um, and then the fact that the movie doesn't end when they actually leave the prison, like they, when they get out, there's actually more movie to be had. So yeah. I, it's, it's just a great film. Yeah. Great choice. Andrew, what do you got at number three? My number three is actually a movie that whenever we were at the theater last night was sold out in like four different theaters, and that's Monty Python on the Holy Grail. I'll allow it. <laughs> I didn't even think about that one. That's really? another good choice. Well, yeah, good. This is what a lot of people consider to be the funniest movie ever made, <laughs> and for good reason. This movie is hilarious. It's so <laughs> quotable, and it's... It was, it was my most disappointing uh, part of last night is that the staff wasn't using lines from the movie in everything that they were saying. Like they yeah. were, le- they were letting people in. They said, "You know, we're we're ready to begin seating." And I was like, "That should have been, we will begin seating." And one, two, five, yeah, three, sir, no three. Anyways, yeah, and there was no like holy hand grenade mixed drink or anything like that. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. yeah, missed opportunity. But for me, this is. Like I said, one of the most quotable movies, like you said, and it's also just so there's, it's lovable. I mean, it's it's a feel good movie. I mean, you if you're having a bad day, put in Monty Python on the Holy Grail, and by the end of it, you're like, you know what, life's okay. <laughs> I I would go out to say, and I know this is the case for me, but I think you could make an argument that it's it is the definitive case. I I do not think you can name a more quotable movie. I don't think you can name a movie that more people know more quotes from than the Holy Grail. Maybe, I know it's true yeah, for me. I mean, right, I, yeah. I know it from front to back. Maybe Star Wars. I, even Star Wars. There's some really popular ones, but I mean, every scene of the Holy Grail just has, you know, quote after quote after quote and coconuts and knights who say knee and yeah. you know, only a flesh wound. And I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I will agree with you. It is the most quotable movie. It's crazy. Yeah. 
Anyhow. It's the weirdest ending. <laughs> the weirdest ending. Well, because do you know the story of that ending? They ran out of money. Yeah. They, they just, ran they out of money. Is that right? Yeah. yeah they, I didn't know that. They were making the movie and they ran out of money, so they just stopped the movie there. It's, it's like the quintessential deus ex machina where they just were like, okay, the movie's over and this yeah. is why. <laughs> so that's my the, number three. The beginning credits are some of the best oh, stuff in yeah. the entire thing. <laughs> so what do you have at number two, Aaron? My number two is The Avengers. Trump. All right. We'll wait till we talk about yours. Yeah, what do you got, Phil? <laughs> um, I, I also have an Avengers-type movie at number two, but it's Captain America Civil War. Okay. Mm, yeah. And this is a little bit of a cheat, I guess, because... A little it's, bit. It's actually two teams. I'll barely allow it. <laughs> There's two teams of, of more, five or more uh, that yeah, are battling. Yeah, <laughs> But no, I, I just loved that movie so much. It was such a joy to finally see all the characters that I've been getting to know over all these movies um, come to blows over an issue that I think is fascinating in, in the in the comic book world. The issue of superhero registration. Um that, you know, the superheroes need to um sign on the dotted line and 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 be registered and um you know that we're gonna exact all these kind of laws that say what you can and can't do and 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 the fact that they were divided over that and then actually fought it out and then you know of course adding in Superman and Ant Man with his whole scene and Superman. I, I mean Superman Sp- Spider Man. <laughs> like, oh, wow wrong wrong uh, I comic watched the property. wrong movie. Yeah. Someday someday DC move when that DC Marvel Marvel DC yeah. Yeah. yeah that'd be cool. Um, Adding uh, adding in all those characters all together in one in one scene and, and fighting it out and I just loved the the dialogue between uh, Iron Man and Captain America and everything that they were fighting about it just felt so real to me while being you know completely superficially you know awesome I loved it man powerful yeah number two so you mentioned Ocean's Eleven which is a great heist movie yeah but I'm gonna mention the greatest heist movie of all time Ooh Heat Oh Heat is the greatest heist movie ever made. There will never be one better. Well, I, try, I, can't, I can't say that. I can't say that. I, I try to keep my opinions to myself on Heat because I'm one of the very few people who actually didn't like Heat. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The diner scene in that movie with Pacino sure. and De Niro is... Now, if it was a movie called The Diner Scene with Pacino and Nier- De Niro, I'd love it. But <laughs> Would you like to see a My was... Dinner with Andre recast with Pacino yes. and De Niro? There yes. you go. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> okay. Let's do that. <laughs> but... Um, uh, I love this movie, and for the simple fact that the heist is not that intricate. Yeah. It's not a crazy, well-thought-out plan. It's just get in the bank, get mm-hmm. the money, get out. If somebody gets in your way, shoot them. And it's an all-star set of cast. And what, here's the crazy thing for me. You have Al Pacino, Robert De Niro... And like Hank Azaria is in there too, but you have like all these A list actors. But the one who gives the best performance in the movie is Val Kilmer. <laughs> like, who would have thought? Yeah, that Val Kilmer's was great in there. Yeah, yeah, oh, he's so good. And I, I absolutely, I can put this. And then you have Moby scoring the movie. I, it's so good. I love this movie so much. Very nice. And that's your number two. It's my number two. All right. Well, I know your number one. You do know my number one. Uh, I guess I'll give my number one. Yeah. It's time, right? Yep. Lord of the Rings. Uh, ah, I, I, thought, I, I thought about that, but... I just can't... I mean, it's I mean, it's in my top five movies of all time. It, it um, should have been my number one now that I think of it. It's the perfect... I mean, The Fellowship of the Ring <laughs> it's too late, Andrew. is a team-up movie. Late. I mean, my my bow, my axe, I mean, every bit, The Fellowship of the Nine coming together. I and, can't believe I didn't think of it. It should have been my number one. But and, yeah, okay, uh, well, I'll, I'll do it for you. Thank there you. you go. Thank you. Um, 
So yeah, I just I it is I count them as is one movie even though there's three of them. But if I had to pick a movie, it would be Fellowship because it is the team up movie. Okay. The others the others aren't necessarily team up movies because the team already exists, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I, I I absolutely love Lord of the Rings. So yeah. So you would pick Fellowship because it's a team up, or is that Fellowship your absolute favorite of the trilogy? If I had to break the trilogy up, just as far as what the best movie in the trilogy is, I think the Two Towers is the best movie. It's I think the most so entertaining, too. front I think to so back. Too. Yeah. Uh, Return of the King is phenomenal. There are, there are more emotional moments in Return of the King than in the other two mm-hmm. that I love, but it suffers from that long ending. Mm-hmm. Um, a long ending, Plural. by the way. I yeah, the long endings. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that I understand, I get all those endings because the movie is nine hours long. It <laughs> needs to wrap up those things. But, uh, you know, as, as far as a percentage of the movie, I don't know that the ending is that much longer than most movies. But um, <laughs> if you count them all. But no, I, I think Two Towers is the best movie. However, I don't think Two Towers and Return of the King are technically team up movies. Good call. I think Fellowship is. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't think of it. What about you, Phil? Um. So even more than the Avengers, I, I really like Guardians of the Galaxy the most um, out of everything that Marvel's done. Um, I, I guess I just have a soft spot for this kind of band of of um, idiot, uh, re- rebel, pirate mm-hmm. type, you know, mangy guys um, getting together and actually accomplishing something powerful. Like it just it's it's you talk about um, underdog. You know, these these guys should not come together and actually you know, accomplish any kind of a major goal. And yet they do. And it's funny. I mean, it is definitely the funniest movie I think that they've produced. I I thought it was funnier than Ant-Man. And I just, I love those actors um, and, and just the CGI and the action, everything. I've watched that movie several times over and I've not watched the other movies, the other Marvel movies as much. So I just, I I keep going back to that one. I didn't even think of it as a team up movie. I, I more thought of it as like, you know, uh, Star Lord, you know, is just kind of the guy. But you're right; yeah. it is. You know, there's the five of them. Uh, if if you count the tree, yep. Even though <laughs> even though he doesn't say much, no, he says enough. That's right. He says what he needs to say. <laughs> yeah, it's so, the inflection. It's not. That's the, right. The words. All right, let's talk about Avengers. No, <laughs> uh, okay. I'm I am upset that I didn't think of Lord of the Rings. It's, but... it's okay. All right, we would have basically had the same list if you had of. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the Avengers. For the simple fact that this has never been done before. You know, you've had, like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man, Chris Evans playing Captain America, Chris Hemsworth, the store. You've seen all of these movies. Yeah. And they were A-list movies whenever they came out. But the fact that they got all of those guys to come together to make the movie, the Avengers, I can't imagine what that boardroom meeting was like. Hey, do you guys want to do something we've never done before? And they were like, well, Disney owns us now, so we can do anything. We have the money. And the fact that they pulled it off and that it worked is speaks volumes to how crazy good. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, I've, I've said recently that my most exciting moment in a movie theater of all time uh, happened this year uh, with the movie Split. Um, mm. And I've talked about that. Yeah. Like the most, the most adrenaline in a movie I've ever had. But it's what the first time I've ever heard you actually shout out <laughs> in a movie theater. <laughs> what? <laughs> um but the movie it replaced was The Avengers. Uh that I remember sitting in that theater when The Avengers was happening and when they get to the part, you know, and 
Captain America is ricocheting, you know, Iron Man's blast off of his, you know, and there's this one take that, yeah. that Whedon does that goes through all of them fight. Mm-hmm. And I just, it was euphoric. Yeah, like, I was yeah. just like, I cannot believe what I'm watching and how good it is and how much fun this is. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I've had very, it is my second best movie going experience of all time. Now, that doesn't mean it's the second best movie of all time. No, no, no. It just no, means, no. like, as far as sitting in a movie theater seat and just being taken away to some, you know, euphoric level it's it's the closest i'll probably ever experienced you know to to being high <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean yeah, it's yeah. just it's just like this craziness so aaron doesn't need drugs he has marvel <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's right honorable mentions yeah we can do some honorable mentions um who wants to go first i have three that were not mentioned go ahead you give yours because i've got a few more than that munich oh interesting hmm, people wow. really wouldn't so, think of it as a team no movie, not but at it all absolutely is wow, if that's you think about it it's yeah they were not a group before that movie happened, and they formed the Mossad. And now it's these five guys, which, did you know Daniel Craig was one of those guys? No. It's been a while since I've seen Munich. Daniel Craig, yeah, that, he was one of them. Yeah. But then you have like Eric Bana coming together to get the members of Black September who killed the Israeli Olympic team during the Munich Olympics. And that movie... Is honestly, I think one of the most underrated Spielberg movies. Yeah, it really no, I would is. definitely agree with that. I actually forgot about that movie. Yeah, but uh, the next one I had is a movie a lot of people do not like because it is such an acquired taste, and that's The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Yeah, I don't like that movie. You don't like it? I'm not a big Wes Anderson fan. I just okay. I, I rewatched uh, Moonrise Kingdom the other day. That's my favorite. Um, I get it, Wes yeah. Anderson. But yeah. I, I I didn't I just don't get it. I really? Just, yeah, it just doesn't hook me in. It's it's the driest of dry humor. You're right. That's a team up movie though. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's because I've never seen at that point I'd never seen Bill Murray in that type of role before. Because I think uh, Life Aquatic was the first Wes Anderson movie I saw. Because I saw Rushmore after I saw this one, and uh, I just it was so ridiculous. Yet the humor was so dry because nobody in a Wes Anderson film has this facial expression they're just stone-faced it doesn't matter what the dialogue is and i think it's i love it but my number one honorable mention is the usual suspects yeah yeah that was mentioned in the the chat as well was it Mm -hmm. who uh who said that uh it's been i've been keeping track of the chat so i'll i'll uh but i have i didn't remember who said it but yeah one of the best twists in cinema history is in the usual suspects yeah for sure and a great performance by Kevin Spacey, <laughs> and definitely not family friendly <laughs> as far as language goes. But um, man, if you watch this, this is one of those movies, <clears throat> and I think I've only done this a couple times with like The Prestige or something like that. It's a movie after you watch it, you immediately want to watch it again to catch everything. Yeah, like uh, Arrival, re- mm-hmm. just recently did, yeah, that, did yeah, a, yeah. I wanted to immediately rewatch. Yeah, immediate it. rewatch movies. But I think that this is like Six Sense was like that. If you Sixth if you Sense, saw it before yeah. you knew, yeah, yeah, it's another great one. Or uh, there's there's been hundred or there's mm-hmm. been plenty of them. But I think that if you think of movies that you immediately want to rewatch, I actually do think Six Sense and Usual Suspects yeah, are the ones the top that of the always list. come to the top of the list. The Usual Suspects is one of the few movies that has a major twist at the end, where I, I don't believe that anyone, if they're be, really truly being honest, would be able to see it coming. No, like, it, it, you you can't you, you can't guess it. You know the one that nailed me. Is probably my most. I have to rewatch this again. I, I knew the Sixth Sense. I went in spoiled, unfortunately. Oh, oh really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Oh, that's terrible. Um, so it's not that one. It's actually Fight Club. 
fighting. Oh, really? I, yeah. Because I didn't realize there was a twist. I, I wasn't looking for a twist or anything. That's how I went into it. And and it blew my mind. And immediately yeah. I had to rewatch it to see how it worked. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. It was, yeah. So that was the one for me. But Good call. Uh, did you have any honorable mentions, Phil? Uh, does Star Wars count? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I already mentioned Star Wars doesn't count. Uh, I'll go through a couple here and then I want to highlight the chat. The chat has been all over this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so my honorable mentions that I had written down were Dirty Dozen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seven Samurai, uh, Reservoir Dogs. I did. I was like a Magnificent Seven. Uh, yeah, chat mentioned Magnificent Seven. Okay. Um, Stand by Me. Whoa! I that's thought that's so good. I, and and then I tried to th- remember if that was five or four. I couldn't. Re- I, like it's been a while. Is it only four? I couldn't remember. I think it might be just four. Okay, so we can't count it. But but good call. Stand by Me was one I thought of, but yeah, I think you're right. Um, Jerry Chester Scooby Doo is not. <laughs> even worth mentioning so and then the only other one i had mentioned is it's not necessarily a great movie but i love it and it definitely is a team-up movie is armageddon um Hate that movie getting so the much. getting this the space team together Hate um that movie. so and then the chat really coming through uh already mentioned they mentioned uh magnificent magnificent seven uh they also mentioned tombstone which is a great choice. Ooh, yeah. Uh, Pitch Perfect, I thought, was an interesting choice that came up in the, the chat. Would that count as a team-up I movie? No, BDG just mentioned one that I'm like, how did I not think of it? It's a bad movie, but it's so fun, and that's The Expendables. Yes, I, I have that listed here, too. Okay. Yeah, The Expendables. The one that came up in chat that actually might have made my list, if I had remembered it. Uh, in fact, it might be number two above The Avengers. I have a feeling t- I know what it is. Do you? The Incredibles? No. Oh. Sneakers. What? If you've never seen Sneakers, never heard of sneakers. it is great. And it is one of the best team-up movies you will ever see. Robert, run, Robert, run me through a premise. Uh, so it, it's basically this group of people that get together uh, to do kind of you know a heist. Uh, I, I don't want to give anything away. Okay. Other than to say, great cast, really fun movie. It's an older movie. I'm, I'm guessing early 90s or late 80s. I'm going to guess like 91, maybe? 92. 92. Okay. Sneakers. It's called Sneakers. Okay. Um, so, yeah, when somebody mentioned that, uh, that that excited me because I really love Sneakers. And then some others are, are coming through as well. Uh, Toy Story 3. Eh, I don't know if I'd count Toy Story 3. Maybe the right stuff. Five Deadly Venoms. Classic Kung Fu for anyone. There's a lot of good Kung Fu. I, I've not seen Sneakers, but the cast is Robert Redford, Dan Aykroyd, Ben Kingsley, River Phoenix, Sidney Poitier. It just goes on and on. Wow. Like, yeah, Sneakers wow. is phenomenal. Sydney Poitier. <laughs> they call him Mr. Tibbs. I don't know if you knew Did you that mention Dan Aykroyd? Uh, I yes. think you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and David, uh, David Strathairn uh-huh. is in it as well. Man, it's just, it's that's good stuff right there. I think you'll really enjoy that. Oh, I'm uh, going to watch that one for sure now. Yeah, You've sold me on good. it. Uh, let's see. Other ones coming up in the chat. Uh, Inception, yeah. I guess we could count Inception. It's a little, a little bit of a stretch. The team keeps getting smaller, but yeah. You mentioned The Incredibles. I don't count The Incredibles because that's, that's a, a family, family already. Yeah. It's not really a team up. That's mm. more of a family kind of thing. Um, so, so yeah, some good choices. I love it when the chat comes through. Yeah, uh, appreciate they that. They definitely did. All right, let's do our buried treasure, guys. Before we finish up, uh, what's one thing in the pop culture universe, any category that you want to bring to people's attention? Uh, Andrew, why don't you start us off? Uh, in the pre-show, I talked about the new movie Life, and uh, but for my buried treasure, I'm going to talk about a, a show that is not getting as good a reception as probably Netflix hoped, and that's going to be Iron Fist. Uh. Uh, so, for me, 
Here's the problem. I think that's an understatement that it's not getting as good a reception as Netflix had hoped. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't think the show was bad. I thought it was good. But here's the problem. Netflix with their Marvel properties has set such a high bar. Like it is way, way up there. You think this is like a like when Pixar has a movie that's still great but doesn't live up to like, you know I think it's more along the lines of whenever Pixar has a movie that's oh, it was good. Is it the cars of Pixar movies? Yeah. There okay. you go. Except, you know, less Larry the Cable guy. But uh <laughs> here's the thing. The guy who plays um Danny Rand, aka Iron Fist in the show, I don't like him playing that character. I don't think he did a good job. But there are great, there are really good fight scenes in this, and I think that the choreography is really good. It's just that they didn't know how to uh, focus on one story. They kind of tried to jump around because after this, they're doing the Defenders, which mm-hmm. is which it's all of them. They don't really set that up at all in the show, but you know it's coming. Yeah, and they just jumped around so much, and I'm like, well. You should probably focus on finishing his story and then move on to setting up that because, you know, that's what a lot of them did. You know, Jessica Jones kind of set up Luke Cage and Luke and uh, Daredevil kind of set up Punisher, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that it should have, you know, set up something for the future. And it didn't really. But there are good things about it. You know, you have Claire Danes and the, or I mean, Rosario Dawson, you know, coming back, killing it. She is so good in all of these shows mm-hmm. as her character. But, um. Uh, yeah, if you are hesitant, I'd say give it a shot. I can see how this is an acquired taste. I think uh, you are the first person I've heard call it any form of good. Uh, I've A lot of negativity. But you know what? I do think you're right. There is something that happens when things are usually amazing, yeah. and then it falls short, where it's like all of a sudden it's even more awful uh, as a matter of perspective. So that probably is some of that going on here. Um, I actually read an article... Uh, I decided I wasn't going to watch it. Just way too much negative. I've got, you know, there's so much other stuff I want to watch. Makes sense. There was an article I found. I think it was Variety put it out. That basically said, here's everything you need to know from Iron Fist, you know, uh, that will come into play maybe later in the Defenders, you know, without actually having to watch it. So I just, I read that article and now I feel like I'm okay. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So that was me. Um, My Buried Treasure is a TV show I just started watching uh, called Crashing. It's Pete Holmes, um, the comedian. It's uh, I think it's an HBO show. Yeah. Uh, it certainly has content like an HBO show would usually have. <laughs> what I found interesting uh, about it, and the reason that I wanted to bring it up in case this interests you as well, is it is really interesting in the way it handles his religious background. And obviously that's something close to me as a Christian and, mm-hmm. and those kind of things. And And it talks about his Christianity in some really interesting ways. And even in a way of him not giving up on his Christianity, but trying to figure out how that works in this world that he is in. Um, I'm not doing a great job explaining it, but it's really interesting thought stuff. He was heavily devout when he was younger. Yeah, well, he was a youth pastor. Yeah. And it it kind of follows his actual story uh, in many ways. Uh, And so it's just, it's always interesting for me to see somebody really battling their own thoughts in, and because, you know, it's, it's certainly written for him, but it is his life. Yeah. And so it's just and I've heard him on podcasts before too talk about some of the more spiritual stuff and those kind of things that, that he struggles with. And I just I love that stuff. I love thinking about that stuff. I love processing that stuff. So I just kinda wanted to put it out there and, and bring it to your attention. Nice. What do you got, Phil? 
Uh, mine's a book. Um, so this is a book that's been recommended to me over and over and over again. And I finally just got around to it. The book came out in 2011, uh, and it was a first-time book for the author. But it's uh, Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. Uh, Andrew, have you read it? Have you heard about it? I've heard of it. I don't think I've read it, though. It sounds familiar I, to me, too. Yeah, I think you would, would, in particular, I think both of you would actually love it. But um, So my quick pitch on it is... Um, I mean, I'll say a little bit about the plot, but if you, the two things that you, that if you love these already and then read the book, you will get so much more out of the book. Um, it is part 80s culture and part video game culture. Okay. And so if you like, the book was written for me because I grew up in the 80s and I grew up on these video are games. the parts of yeah. Phil. <laughs> Those are the, my two parts. So, um, but yeah, uh, basically the, you know, a very quick pitch on it is um, in the future, uh, the world is kind of gone apocalyptic. Everything's kind of gone down and nobody wants to live in the real world anymore. So everyone on earth uh, fully exists in virtual reality. And so um, everyone is doing all of their, spending all their time, doing all their shopping, um, you know, basically eating is the only thing they would do in the real world. Everything else exists in virtual reality. And uh, at the beginning of the book, you find out that there's a contest that the creator of this world has set up uh, at the point of his death. So he dies and he says that whoever gets to this one spot in the game uh, will inherit my entire wealth. And he's like a multi-billionaire. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so it becomes like this, you know, people are just existing in this world, but there's certain people that are actually going and trying to find this, um, this treasure basically. And it becomes just about the, the journey that several of these main characters go on to somewhat work together, but they also are working against each other too, because only one person can actually claim the prize. So that sounds amazing. It's really good. I'm kind of ashamed because this book has been in my queue for so long and I just keep putting it off. But I am going to read it because Spielberg's making this movie yes. later this year. Yeah, it's it's supposed right now. It's it, I think they maybe push it back. It's it's coming out March of next year. So you have oh, you have a year to next read year it. Now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I got plenty of time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't push it off again. Just <laughs> I, I I read a lot of comic books, but other than that, I don't do a lot of reading. And mm-hmm. um, I I read this book in a week, which is really saying something. That's yeah. that's very very fast for me. Yeah. So, would you guys do that? Would you live in virtual reality? Oh yeah, I don't. I don't know that what if it you, would. What if you couldn't tell the difference? What if it was that good? What if like, we are in virtual reality? You know, there's <laughs> there is a paradox. Like people, like even some uh, like scientists saying that we are living in a virtual reality right now. Yeah, like the Matrix. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna go prove me wrong. <clears throat> I'm gonna go super philosophical philosophical here for a second, but um, I, I think that not on this show. You're not. Oh, I, I'm, I'm just, going to. Just you're, you can't stop me. Um, <laughs> uh, but. I think everything that's wrong with the internet right now is is the result of anonymity, and I yeah. think I think that in a virtual reality world where where anyone can be anything that they want to be, that that just is going to be um, just a cesspool. I, I'm going super um, negative too. It's going to be like a cesspool <laughs> of like the worst of humanity uh, existing in this world. And I just don't want to see that. I, I think when people are held accountable, um, that's the only thing that's holding back. The world from evil so yeah and phil you spoil all our fun i'm sorry come on virtual reality actually is... i'm totally with you i think I you're absolutely right it's, it's a fun no consequences but <laughs> yeah, phil sorry. had to go and ruin it for <laughs> no, me I, I, I would i would spend hours hours and hours a day in virtual reality i would not want to live my whole life in there yeah <laughs> makes a lot of sense <laughs> well we did it guys Huzzah! we did podcast stuff it happened 
Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks to today's guru. Again, it's Phil from the Horrible Movie Podcast. Thank you so much. All right, pump some stuff, Phil. Where do you want to send people? Uh, at one horrible movie on Twitter, uh, the horrible movie is our website. And uh, we're just on, you know, all the usual places for podcasts. So look, look us up in iTunes and find us there. If you're a fan of movie podcasts and don't mind listening to a podcast of only terrible movies, <laughs> we, we have a great time. I mean, we, we basically just kind of roast every movie that we see. So it's, it's fun. Terrible movies, but not a terrible podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, go check it out for sure. Much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters as well for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at $3 a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash studio DNA. There's lots of ways to connect with us. If you have something to say, uh, you could leave a comment at the SoundCloud. You could tweet at us. Uh, I'm at Aaron Dicer. Uh, Andrew is at Flick Freaks. So you can tweet at us there. You can leave comments in the iTunes. You can email us feedback at sifpop.com if you want to send an email. Uh, we love those and I look forward to reading more of those on the show. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the podcast too. So let them know about it and that listening is easier than killing putties with a kick to the stones. Spoiler chat for the week's movies should be up next in your podcast feed soon, and we will see you back next week for some talk on Ghost in the Shell and more. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.